welcome to Epiphany Fellowship's podcast, where our goal is to see people everywhere show off the glory of Christ in every area of life. We pray that you are blessed and encouraged by today's message and will allow the Word of God to dwell in you richly. Psalm 34 says, I will bless the Lord at all times and his praises shall continuously be in my mouth. My soul shall make a boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. I don't know where you are or what you're doing, but if you would take a few seconds, even in your home or your car or wherever you are, if you're in a park, wherever you are, if you would just take a few moments just to exalt the name of our God and our great King. He is certainly worthy of our praise. Well, it is a real delight and an honor to be uh, virtually gathered with the people of God. It's the first time I've uh, come to Epiphany Fellowship and not had people actually present, but this is the season that we are in, and so we will do our best to make sure that we are gathering responsibly, which right now means that we are gathering virtually. But man, Epiphany Fellowship, I love... Let me just take a moment. Uh, to just let you know how much I love this church and I love the people of this church, uh, the elders of this church that um, have still to this day shepherded me to Dr. Mason, uh, my pastor, my mentor, my spiritual father, someone who has played a pivotal role in my life just in, in ensuring that I am walking in the ways of the Lord, continuing to pastor me in seasons of hardship and making sure I'm uh, loving my wife well and fathering my boys well. I am grateful for Dr. Uh, Mason. I, I, I want to say this to Epiphany Fellowship, and, and let me just be as clear as possible. Uh, for those of you who are part of this church, sometimes, you know, when, when you go to a, a certain organization or a church, sometimes when you continuously go and you're there and you're gathering, sometimes it's easy to forget how dope the church is. Like, I think sometimes it's easy to just, you know, allow the church to be common, but there's nothing common about Epiphany Fellowship. Epiphany Fellowship is unique. It, it, it is life-giving. It is full of health, and I'll say it with my chest. You can get at me if you want to about it. There is no church on this side of heaven like Epiphany Fellowship, and, and I mean that. In, in the words of Nene Leakes from uh, The Real Housewives of Atlanta, I said what I said. Let's get into the Word of God. It is my responsibility today to unpack the Word of God with you. If you'll grab your Bibles, uh, for those of you who are spiritual, go back to Psalm 1, uh, 103. For those of you who are a little less spiritual and you have your devices, why don't you bypass Facebook, bypass Instagram, and uh, bypass your emails and get over to Psalm 103. I really think that there is a word from the Lord there. Uh, as you turn there, let me just give you a quick couple of updates on your daughter's church and how your church is doing in, uh, in, in Brooklyn, New York. Uh, by God's grace, we are seeing uh, just the fruit of the gospel still continue to flourish there. Uh, we are meeting pressing needs, as the scriptures tell us to do. Uh, right now, we have a, uh, a COVID-19 hardship fund. And, you know, in New York, there are many hourly workers. There are a lot of people, in, even in our church and the community, that got laid off. And they're experiencing hardship. And so we've created uh, this COVID-19 hardship fund to allow for people uh, to be able to get the access to some resources, some small resources, in a very tangible way. It's our way of making sure that Jesus is felt, not just heard. Because a lot of times, you know, as, as preachers, it's easy for us to uh, jump onto your live stream and just preach or preach to a room full of people. But what about making Jesus actually felt and not just heard? And so we've paid rent. We've 
paid electric bills and car notes. We've helped, by God's grace, we were able to come alongside of other churches in our neighborhood and help them financially. We, we helped a lot of small businesses, particularly black-owned businesses in our neighborhood that didn't get the same amount of loans as our white brothers and sisters. We were able to come alongside of them and help them out. And so we're, we're really seeing the fruit of the gospel flourish by continuing to see city renewal we, we also are about to baptize 12 new believers, which is unbelievable in the midst of COVID-19. And people are still giving their life to the Lord. Heaven is not on break because heaven is not quarantined right now. Heaven is, is flourishing and doing whatever it wants to do. So I, I'm grateful. Keep praying for our church as we continue to pray for you. We look up to you. Our church, uh, honestly, we can't do what we do unless, the God, unless God used a church like Epiphany Fellowship. So um, shout out to you guys. Keep praying for us. All right, Psalm 103. You should be there by now. I got a few small verses that I'd I love to bring to your attention. They literally arrested my attention when I read them. Look at verse 2. It says, My soul bless the Lord, and do not forget all his benefits. Watch this. He forgives all your iniquities. He heals all your diseases. He redeems your life from the pit. He crowns you with faithful love and compassion. I, I want to preach today from the topic entitled, Don't Forget to Remember. You do me a favor, just type that in. I, I, don't, I don't know how y'all are chatting today, but just type that in just in case somebody logs on in the middle of the sermon. Just put in there, Don't Forget to remember. Let's look to the Lord before we dig in. Father, I would be remiss if I did not invite your presence into the homes of where people are today. You really don't even need an invitation. Your, your spirit dwells wherever you want to. I love the way David says it. If I ascend into the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, even there, you are there. And so, Father, your presence is everywhere. And so we're not inviting you into a place that you're not. We're inviting you to help us to experience you today. And so, Father, whoever's piped on today, it is not by accident. It is not by accident that they got to enjoy the worship of Jesus Christ. It is not by accident that they get to feel the presence of the body, even virtually. And it is not by accident that they get to hear the word of God today. The way Deuteronomy 8 says is man can't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And today we want to hear from you, not me. So, Father, would you condition our hearts, remove the spiritual earwax so that we can hear from heaven. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. Don't forget to remember. There's a medical term which points to a part of the brain called the hippocampus. I don't know if you've ever heard of the hippocampus, but it is the part of your brain that stores memory. I'll say this, when God created us, Genesis 1:26, let us make man in our own image. One of the unique factors that no other part of creation has is the ability to be creative and to, to reason and to think. It is one of the things that make us like God. Sometimes when we hear make, made in his image, we think that means that God has facial features, but God is a spirit. And so it is not talking about God's facial features more than it's talking about the nature of who we are. God has made us very unique. And one of the unique aspects about who we are is our ability to remember. And many of us, we, we were able to grab events and 
piece together events from decades ago and we can now piece them together in such a way that it, we can almost feel like we're popping in a VHS tape and replaying an old memory over and over again. I don't know about y'all, but I remember very detailed events of my life. I remember the first time I learned how to ride a bike. I remember the first, time I, the, the, the first time I got my license. I remember when I first met Ty right around the corner from our church in New York. I remember both of my boys' birth and the delivery. And, and I, I have vivid me memories of these events. And if you're like me on any level, when you have these memories, you don't just remember the details, but oftentimes we can remember the emotion attached to the detail. We can remember what we had on. You, you can remember what the smell of the room was. Some of you ever been driving and you heard a song and you heard some music and it literally took you back to 1992? Like we have, well y'all are young, let's just say 2003, it took you back. There, there are memories that we have stored in our mind that in a very unique way, God has made them very vivid. I'll say this, the only thing greater than the stars is the mind that studies the stars. That's an anonymous quote. The reality is many of us have the ability to remember, but the only problem with our ability to remember is that our memory can be selective. You, you don't remember everything, and, and the problem is we tend to remember what we should forget, and we forget what we should remember. Let, let, me, let me say that again, just in case you missed it. We have the unique ability to remember what we should forget, and we forget what we should remember. What are some things that we remember that we should forget? Do you know that there are moments in your life that you literally need to push delete on the storage of your memory on some of, mem some of the memories that you have? That there are some things that you really should forget. Let me put a little Bible here just in case y'all are like, well, what should I forget? Isaiah chapter 43, verse 18 and 19 says, remember not the former, neither consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing something new. Isaiah literally says there are some things that you should forget. Paul picks up the pen and says the same thing in Philippians chapter 3, verse 13, forgetting those things which are behind me and pressing forward to those things which are ahead of me. There are some memories that you should forget. That there are some memories that you shouldn't have to, you should not have to replay over and over again. What, what do you mean, Pastor B? Me memories of failure. There are some memories of failure that, that you really should delete out. But shoot, there are memories of success. Because some of us only know God based on the last great thing God did at the expense of sounding real charismatic. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20 says, God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all you can ask or think. That means that there are some things that God did that he's like, I can do better though. You, you, you thought that was the greatest thing that I could do. And so some of us have to delete memories of success because we're replaying that successful season. And really what you're doing is hindering yourself as though God can only work in the greatest thing that he did in your life. Some of us have to delete out past pain. Can you type that in? Delete out past pain, especially when it comes to relationships. Uh-uh, I would never get in another relationship because he did me dirty. Just because he did you dirty does not mean that every other man would do you dirty. I know some godly men that would treat you like a queen. But unfortunately, we have a bad taste in our mouth because we are replaying and rehearsing in our mind a past experience and it's dangerous because it could stop you from something that actually is healthy in the future. Man, I, I bought this new optic white toothpaste. 
And uh, I, I got up in the morning, I brushed my teeth, and I, I Listerine, not with that fresh burst or, or that cool mint, but that original gold, you know, that, that one that if you gargle it two seconds too long, it'll take a layer of skin off your mouth. I did my thing in the bathroom, took care of my hygiene situation, ran downstairs, and I, I squeezed off some orange juices, and I began to drink. Now, the problem when you brush your teeth and then drink orange juice, you're supposed to put something in the middle. You got to eat something before you get to the orange juice. Well, I didn't this day. I took this orange juice and I started to guzzle it. And as much as I love orange juice, I hated it this day. Why did I hate it? Because I had a previous taste in my mouth. And that previous taste stopped me and hindered me from something that was actually beneficial in terms of vitamin C. And I don't know who I'm talking to, but some of you are hindered in moving forward in health because you keep rehearsing the bad taste in your mouth. And so I, I just simply want to say there are some memories that you need to forget. That there are some pain, there's some relationship, whether it's family or an intimate relationship, there are some things that you have to literally walk away from. Vern, I, I, was in, uh, I was in the Apple store in Soho, and in this Apple store, I went to the bathroom, and in the bathroom, they had two stand-up stalls. And in these stand-up stalls, it, I don't know if you ladies have ever been in the men's bathroom, but there's a, a, an adult stand-up stall, and then there's a kid stand-up stall. There's a father and son. I was standing there waiting to use the bathroom, and the father and son were both using the bathroom. And finally, the father finishes his business, and he looks at the son and says, Son, come on, I don't know what you're doing. And the son said, I, I, I thought that this was a, a, a handle uh, type of a situation. I can't flush the toilet. And the father said, oh, son, that's an automatic. If you want the mess to go away, all you got to do is walk away. And I don't know who I'm talking to, but there are some people you are hindered simply because you keep rehearsing that past pain. And I just want to tell you, you need to walk away. You, you need to let that thing go. I, I love the way it's the great theologian Teddy Pendergrass that says, I think I better let it go. And I don't know who I'm talking to, but there's somebody that you are stuck right now because you are remembering what you should forget. Same thing with past sexual experiences. I hope y'all got your finger in Psalm 103. We're about to dig into it. But the same thing with past sexual experiences. Many of us are hindered because what we're doing is we're replaying a past sexual experience in our mind. And at some point it moves to lust. I know I'm talking to somebody. Girl, listen, I've been abstinent for two years. But in two years, you might have repented over something you did two years ago, but you replayed it in your mind 22 times. And what I'm telling you is you have to repent of the actual act, but you actually have to repent of the 22 times you rehearsed that it. it's actually called recycled sin. And many of us are guilty of recycled sin. You know, a lot of times we think that the sin is just the act, but Job says, I made a covenant with my eyes not to look lustfully upon a woman. It is Jesus that says, you, you think adultery is bad, but, but do you do realize that I say to you, unless you look, if you look at a woman with lustful intent, you've already committed it. In other words, Jesus like, repent of the thing two years ago, but repent of the recycled sin 22 times. And so there are some things that we are remembering that we should forget. And here's the reality. God forgot it. When he forgave you of it, he forgot it. It is Micah 7 that says that he'll throw your sins in the sea of forgetfulness. And what we do is we put on scuba gear, go back down and scoop up the sin to rehearse it. And God is like, but I already forgot it. Why are you still remembering? We remember what we should forget. But the reality is the opposite is true too. We forget what we should remember. 
Well, what should I remember? Well, I'm grateful for Psalm 103 because Psalm 103, verses 2 to 4, really the whole chapter, but verses 2 to 4 is going to remind us of some things that we should remember. I I simply want to put before you that there are some things that you forgot that you should remember. And what is, what are those things? Look at what he says in verse two, my soul bless the Lord and do not forget all of his benefits. In this passage, David reflects on the goodness of God. He reaches back into his hippocampus and remembers the faithfulness of God. David says, if you want to rehearse something, if you want to keep something on your mind, if you want to keep thinking about something, think about how good God has been. The Old Testament was written in a language called Hebrew, and, 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 and this, the, this psalm is written in Hebrew, and in Hebrew, this word benefit literally means how kind he is. A better translation would read, and do not forget how kind he is, or do not forget all of the good things that God has done. There are some things that God has done in our lives that we have forgotten, and I get it. I get it in the midst of this pandemic. It is easy to look around at all of the stuff that is going on. It is easy in your life to look at all of the hardship. It is easy in our lives to look at all of the things that are dysfunctional. But David grabs us by the lapels today and says, don't forget to remember all of God's benefits. Don't forget to remember all of the things that God has done. And the reality is, we often forget about those things because God is always good. One of the reasons why we tend to forget about God's goodness is because he's consistently good. Let me say that again. One of the reasons that we forget about God's goodness is because he is consistently good. God is always good. If y'all was up in this room, I I would say, God is good, and I know you would respond all the time. And then I would say all the time, you would say, God is good. The reason why we can have that back and forth without even rehearsing it is because we all know God is good. We all know that God is not just good, but consistently good. And here's the problem with any relationship, especially a relationship with God. When a person or, or a God is always good, it is easy to start to take it for granted. When God is consistently good, it's why David is reminding us today to forget not his benefits because it is easy for us to forget it. Why? Because he's always good. Let me me prove it to you that God is always good. Six of y'all woke up this morning and did not thank God for waking you up. You ain't mean nothing by it. You, you, You wasn't acting shady. You wasn't acting funny with God. You forgot to say thank you for waking you up. Why? Because he always wakes you up. There ain't a morning that he did not wake you up. I mean, I'm 40 years old now, and I can't tell you a time. There were some mornings that I was dragging. There were some mornings I was tired. There were some mornings I didn't feel like getting out of bed. But every single morning, God woke me up. And whenever God wakes you up every morning, it's easy to skip a few mornings and think that you woke yourself up. Why? Because God is consistently good. You have no relationship that's that consistent. I don't care how long you've been married. There is not an intimate relationship that you have that the opposite person is always good. David reminds us today, don't forget his benefits. The reason you forget him is because he's always good. Same thing with clothing. You don't know what it's like to walk down the street naked. 
And so we don't thank God for clothing us. Same thing with food. You don't know what it's like to literally go months without any food, without eating. Yeah, you might have had some hardship and you might have had some hard times, but we don't know what it is like to literally be starving. And so after a while, you, you start to forget that that's a blessing to even eat. And we stop to thank God for even eating. But what happens is when you stop thanking God for the blessings, you start to forget the blessor. You forget the one that is giving you provision. You forget the one that is making the food around you. You forget the one that's putting a stack in the bank. Do not be guilty of forgetting all of his benefits. That's what David says to us today. He says, my soul bless the Lord and do not forget his benefits. Don't forget how good God is. Don't forget how consistent God is. Make, 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 a, make a pledge this week to remember. I mean, that, ain't nothing deep about it. Make a pledge this week to all week long. Say, God, I thank you for waking me up. God, I thank you for clothing me. God, I thank you for putting a roof over my head. God, I thank you for feeding me. God, I thank you for keeping me. You got to get to the place where you are constantly thanking God to where people think you're crazy. But why are you always thanking him? Because he's always good. There's never a moment that he's not good. So David says, don't forget all of his benefits. Pastor B, give me some practical ways. How, how do, what are some practical ways that I can remember the faithfulness of God? Or what are some practical ways? That there are two ways that I found just in my own personal life. Now, there might be more for you. You might be more spiritual. But for me, there are two main ways that I remind myself of all of his benefits. One of them is journaling. It's nothing deep about it, but some of you need to learn the spiritual discipline of writing down the things that God is doing, writing down answered prayers and unanswered prayers. I don't know about y'all, man, but there are some prayers that God didn't answer that I'm grateful for. I look back at my journals and I'll be like, God, I thank you for not answering that. When you ever pray for a boo, you're like, God, I want this person. Please, God, let me get this person. And now you look on Facebook, you're like, God, I thank you. You didn't answer that one because God knows what he's doing. Journaling is a good way to help you remember God's faithfulness. I brought my journals with me. I got a few of them here. I got some more at the church, but I, I, I had these at the house. I've been journaling. I literally started journaling when I got to this church in 2010. Over a, a decade, over a decade ago. When I got here, I just started journaling. I just started to write down uh, my thoughts, write down uh, the things I was angry about, things that I was upset with God about. Don't act like you always loving God. The things that I was like, God, why you put that in scripture? You ever did that? Or you read a scripture, you're like, God, you put that one in? And, and so one of the things that helps me remember all of his benefits is journaling. I got journals from 2010, and honestly, in these journals, it is prayers for my family. It is thanksgiving for how good God is. Well, what I'm doing is I'm trying to be faithful to what David says. He says, don't forget all of his benefits. Here's the second way. Simply telling other people. Vern, I wish we could bring back testimony service. Like, you, you know, one of the things about testimony service, first giving honor to God to pass the saints, for one of the things about that is the beauty in it is it helps you to remember and recall and tell others. And when you tell others, there is a sense of fulfillment that you get. It's almost like going to a good restaurant. You know, I, I'm not satisfied after I eat the meal. I don't care how great the meal is. I'm satisfied when I picked up the phone and called my boy and was like, yo, you got to try this spot. 
You got to learn how to tell others about the goodness of God because it helps you to be faithful to Psalm 103 verse 2 and do not forget all of his benefits. And one of the things I love about David is it is almost like David took up journaling in Psalm 103 because David doesn't just say, talk about the benefits of God. He catalogs them. In Psalm 103, David starts to write out all of the things God is, is good and how he benefited from a relationship with God. Look, look at what verse uh, 3 says. It says, verse 2, my soul bless the Lord and do not forget all of his benefits. Verse 3, he forgives all your iniquities. David says, if you want something to remember, remember that you have been forgiven despite the mistakes despite the slip-ups, despite the bad decisions, David says, you want to look at one of the benefits of God? Look at his forgiveness. God has forgiven you. And I need to talk to somebody today that's struggling with guilt. So somebody that's struggling with shame. Someone that knows they made a wrong decision. Someone that knows that 2020 was filled with bad decision after dysfunction after bad decision after dysfunction. You need to understand that you serve a God that is forgiving. David catalogs how God, good God is. And one of the greatest things he says is God is a forgiving God. Others may condemn you, but God forgives you. Others may point to your flaws, but God forgives you. Others may talk and hold it over your head and talk against you but it is God that forgives you he forgives not the text doesn't say some of your iniquities but all of your iniquities and I'm not simply talking about the iniquities and the sin that we've committed before salvation but I'm talking to the folk that know they messed up a few days after salvation there is forgiveness for you that that person that is struggling with that weight of that sin and you're like, God, I know I wasn't supposed to do it and I messed up. Here's what David says. He says, God is good. Don't forget all of his benefits. One of the benefits is he is a forgiving God and I'm grateful for the forgiveness of God. Listen, if you ain't been forgiven for nothing, you have a past today to be quiet. But if God has forgiven you for much, you should throw up a running emoji right now. Just put up a running emoji because if you was in this church, that's what we should be doing is running around because God is a forgiving God. We're not, we're not going to heaven because we're perfect. We're going to heaven because we're imperfect but forgiven by a perfect Christ. I am forgiven. It is Lamentations 3, 22 and 23 that says the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. This morning, you woke up to brand spanking new mercy. Every day, God forgives you. Every day. Like, you, there's not a, every moment when you wake up, you are waking up to a forgiving God. You are waking up to brand new mercies. And here's the beauty about the mercy of God. He doesn't give you Saturday mercy for Sunday sins. But he gives you new mercy every day. And I'm so grateful for God. This is what David says. He says, look, don't forget his benefits. What is one of his benefits? One of his benefits is that he is a forgiving God. And I don't know who needs to hear this word. I feel like staying here for a few more seconds and pressing you on this idea. If you feel guilty or you feel like you're ashamed, don't run from God. Run to God because he's sitting there going, oh, but I, I know how to forgive. That's the very essence of who I am is forgiveness. You want to see forgiveness? You look at what my son did on the cross. Because it is on the cross that we see true forgiveness. You ain't got to earn it. 
boo-boo, you, you ain't got to earn forgiveness if you trusted in the person and the work of Jesus Christ, you hear forgiven. So David says here, look, don't forget his benefits. What's one of his benefits? This I'm cataloging them. Let me put one of them. He forgives all of your iniquities, not some, but all. Second benefit, it says he forgives all your iniquities and he heals all your diseases. The, the David literally just said, that the second thing that I choose to rejoice and remember and rehearse in my mind over and over again is that I serve a God that is a healer. The text would nickname him Jehovah Rapha, a, the God who is able to heal you in the midst of this pandemic. That is one of the things I rejoice about is God's ability to heal. Some of you got COVID-19 and don't even know you got it because God healed you. I look at First Lady Yvette and I look at, at, at the constant times that God has healed her body I think back to this verse and I'm like, oh, why am I surprised? Why do we get surprised when, see, because what happens is we've gotten so theological that we forget about the miraculous. I was telling my wife that last night. Like, God, help me. I don't want to forget that you are a God that performs miracles. That means everybody's going to get healed. That ain't what your boy is saying. But I am saying we got a God that can heal anybody he wants to. The text just says the God who heals all of your diseases. This is a God that can reach down into your lungs and pull out COVID-19. This is a God who is able to reverse cancer. We've seen it over and over again. This is a God who is able to regulate high blood pressure. It's the God who heals us. But I'd argue that the greatest healing is not bodily healing. I don't even think David is simply talking about healing your body. There's two bookend statements to Psalm 103. He starts the psalm, said, the psalm by saying, my soul blesses the Lord. He ends it in verse 22 by saying, my soul blesses the Lord. In other words, he ain't talking about a physical healing. He's talking about a spiritual one here. We serve a God that is able to heal our mind, our body, and our soul. How does he heal our mind? Often through the process of therapy. I bet. Listen, we have over-spiritualized our trauma for too long. Some of you are going to the community to do what a therapist should be doing. If you want a therapist, I'll recommend mine. We all need therapy. I mean, if you live in this earth with the troubles around you, forget that, with the trouble in you, we all need a little bit of therapy. And many times we've over-spiritualized our trauma. The God, is, the God that we serve when we forget not his benefits and that the God who is able to heal all us or, or, or save all of our iniquities, forgive us for all of our iniquities and the God who is able to heal all of our diseases. We got to wrestle with this idea of his, 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 his ableness to heal our mind. I should be plumb crazy. I don't know about you, but there are some things that I have gone through that took others out. I should be plumb crazy right now. But the reason I have a little piece of my mind is because the God that I serve heals all my diseases, not just physical, but my mind. He is also able to heal your body. But, you know, one of the things when it comes to our body, we just look to God for healing, but we don't do our part. Some of us really do got to go on, on a diet. Oh, man, I know that's not deep enough. I know y'all used to pass the E, giving up, making up words, but giving you good theology. He's the only person that could do that. But, but, you know, sometimes when it comes to our healing of our body, we just expect that God would do everything. It's not that he can't, but he often uses exercise. 
He often uses dieting the same way we can't over-spiritualize our trauma is the same way we can't over-spiritualize our body health. Many of us do have to, I, I told the church in Brooklyn, listen, your boy refuses to come out of his quarantine 50 pounds heavier. I, I just do. I, I got me a, my discipleship group now, is now actively working as the group that I run with. We, we run together. We meet up at 6 o'clock in the morning. We run the streets of Brooklyn. And it's very intentional because we can get discipleship while we are working out. He heals the mind, the body, and the soul. How does he heal the soul? I'm glad you asked. And I'll end here. Look at verse number 3. It says, he forgives all your iniquities. He heals all your diseases. Here's, here's the third and final catalog of remembering his benefits. He redeems your life from the pit. And then he crowns you with faithful love and compassion. The third area that David decides to bring up when he remembers the benefits of God, he decides to remember that we serve a God that redeems us. Redeeming literally means regaining possession of something for an exchange of a payment. In other words, the greatest thing, when we started this sermon, I told you that there are some things that you are remembering that you should forget, and there are some things that you are forgetting that you should remember. Here's one of the things that we often forget, the gospel. Because we, we, we've now gotten to a place where we assume that we are in a good place, that we don't need to rehearse the gospel. David is like, no, but he redeems my life from the pit. Redemption is at the cross. I, I love the song that says, at the cross, at the cross, where I first saw my light and the burdens of my heart rolled away. It was there by faith that I received my sight and now I am happy all the day. Redemption is only found at the cross of Christ. You want to rehearse something in your mind rehearse how faithful God was at the cross because you'll never see another place where God is as faithful as the cross I'll say it this way you don't need another place that that is the greatest place that we see the redemption of God is at the cross of Jesus Christ if you want to rehearse something rehearse how God has removed the wrath of God from your life you want to rehearse something rehearse how Jesus has absorbed 100% of the wrath of God if you want to rehearse something rehearse how he gave you his perfect life and now you get to stand before God and hear words like spotless and righteous and blameless although this morning you could be blamed for a lot this is a God of redemption God that knows how to redeem us in the greatest place we see that is at the cross. You know, I, when I was younger, I often used to scratch my head on why Jesus had to die such a brutal death. I, I've said this often, man. I, 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 I don't know why as a kid I, I used to look and, and read and, and think about the cross and I would be like, but why it got to be so brutal? Like, you know, you could have beheaded Jesus and it would have accomplished the same thing. Why does God go so far as to brutally beat him? The Bible says that they took the very beard out of his face. They, they put a, a cloth around his eyes, struck him in the face, and said, prophesied to us, which one of us struck you? The reason why it was so brutal and gross is it because it shows you how holy God is and how dysfunctional our sin is. It shows you how much he hates our sin. But I'm so glad it is Jesus on the cross and not me. And the reality is, if you haven't trusted in Christ, I'm not trying to use scare tactics because I don't think scare tactics work. I am simply trying to invite you into a relationship with a God who redeems. Verse 4 says he redeems your life from the pit. 
This is the place where we find redemption. This is the place where we find love. This is the place where we find salvation and forgiveness. Redemption is found at the cross. You know what I love about verse 4? Is that when David ends here, he gives us the dichotomy between two extremes. He says he redeems your life from the pit. But then the very same verse says that he crowns you. I don't know if you, if you know where crowning takes place, but that takes place in the palace. So literally he takes you from the pit of hell and puts you into the palace where Jesus Christ is sitting on his throne. And what I love about the throne of Christ is nobody can impeach him. You can't stack the courts against Christ. Listen, I, I don't care who wins the election. Now, I'm a vote. Don't, don't, don't twist me here. I'm a vote. But I'm not worried about the election because I know that I serve a God that is not deterred by American politics. I serve a God that is sitting on his throne and he knows exactly what he's doing. Some of us have forgotten some things that we really should remember. Forget not all of his benefits. Some of us are guilty of having spiritual amnesia and we've decided to rehearse things that we should release. And we've released some things that we should rehearse. And David gave you three things. Don't forget how he forgives your sin. Don't forget how he heals diseases and don't forget how he's able to redeem your life from the pit. I don't know who I'm talking to today and I don't know who this sermon in these short few verses were for. But somebody on this live stream right now, it is not by accident that you're here. I, I, I know you got options. Like, I, I know you scrolling around and you don't went past 10 churches to actually find Epiphany Fellowship's live stream. It is not by accident that you are here. You need to hear that you need to remember some things. There are some things that God wants to put back into the storage of your hippocampus. That part of the brain that stores your memory, God wants to put it back there. I simply want to end my time by praying for you. I want to pray for the person that remembers things that they should forget. And I, I know I've, I've almost oversimplified that. It's like, man, I can't, how, I can't forget how traumatic that was. I, understand, I get it. But don't you dare allow that memory to take precedence over the faithfulness of God. It's easy right now to start to look around us and look at all the chaos. But I want to encourage you this week to start to write down. That's the deepest thing you could do this week. Pull out a piece of paper or a journal and write down all of the goodness of God. Father, I thank you so much for everybody that's piped on today. Because Lord, Lord, I, I, I get it, man. We, many of us have virtual fatigue. We tired, Lord. But yet somehow you have sustained us throughout 2020. And so Father, as, as they're piped on today, I pray that you would start to do something in the soul. I pray that this wouldn't just be something that charges the mind. The word of God is active and alive and sharper than any two-edged sword. It's, it knows how to go and do surgery on us. And so, Father, today I pray, oh God, for the people that have forgotten how faithful and good you are. God, here's the reality. You have done stuff that we don't even know you did. You, you have forgiven us for stuff that we didn't even know was sin. You've kept us from stuff that we didn't even know you kept us from. But it is because you are a good God and we'll know it one day. We're standing at your throne worshiping the lamb that takes away the sins of the world. Father, I thank you for this word. I pray that it would do it exactly what it said it would do. It would transform lives. In Christ's name I pray. Amen.
Well, I want to move to a time of communion. As we talk about the cross of Christ, it is absolutely imperative that we, we talk about remembering. The Bible says, as often as you do this, you got to remember the cross. Because here's the reason, the reason why we do communion so frequently, if not weekly, is because we're so prone to forget how faithful God is. And communion is a time that we get to remember God's faithfulness. I, I simply want to read this. I'm going to give you a few seconds to go grab your communion wherever you are. If you've got to grab it out the fridge, whatever you've got to do, press pause, just grab communion. And I just want to read this as you're doing that. Psalm 22, it says, Then the day of unleavened bread came when the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed. Jesus sent Peter and John saying, Go and make preparations for us to eat the Passover. Where do you want us to prepare it? They asked. Jesus says, Listen, he said to them, when you've entered into a city, a man carrying a jar will meet you. Follow him into the house that he enters. Tell the owner of the house, the teacher asks, where is the guest room where I can eat the Passover lamb with my disciples? Then he will show you a large room furnished upstairs. Make preparations there. So they went and found it just as he had told them, and they prepared the Passover. And when the hour came, he reclined at the table and the apostles with him. Then he said to them, I have fervently desired to eat the Passover with you before I suffer, for I tell you, I will not eat it again until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Then he took the cup after giving thanks, and he said, take this and share it amongst yourself, and I'll tell you, from now on I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God is, uh, has come. Verse 19, grab your bread, the symbol of the body of Christ. It says he took bread, and he gave thanks, and he broke it, and he gave it to them. And he said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's eat it together. Thank you for your faithfulness. Likewise, he took the cup. He said, this is the blood of a new covenant, which is poured out for you. Take, let's drink it together. Before we end our live, I, I simply want to make sure that I invite somebody to get to know this Jesus. You can't remember what you've never experienced. And Jesus is a, when we talk about like that dude, Jesus is that dude. And you can get to know him today. You don't have to jump through hoops. You don't have to, you, you literally don't have to get it passed through Congress. You simply right now, wherever you are, can open up your heart and your mouth and receive Jesus. And if that's you, man, I, I, I really want you to call somebody. I want you to call somebody and be like, man, I want to get to know this Jesus of the scriptures. And you can get to know him today. Father, I thank you for, for this time of being able to get in your word. For man can't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And we believe that your word, every word, from Genesis 1 to Revelation 22, every word is inspired by you. And so, Father, I know that there's something in every passage for us. So, Father, I pray, oh God, as this word goes out, that it would transform lives and transform hearts. I also pray that it would stir up the intellect for your glory and for, the Christ, for Christ's honor. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks for hanging out. Grace and peace, y'all.
Hello, this is Dr. Eric Mason, founder of Pastor of Epiphany Fellowship. Thank you for tuning in today. Hopefully the word of God was a blessing to you. Also, if you want to help us build the kingdom from Philly and beyond, particularly in inner cities, partner with us today. And if you don't know Jesus as Savior, based on his death, burial, and resurrection, place your confidence in him and go from spiritual death to spiritual life. Tune in next time so we can see you go from spiritual infancy to spiritual maturity. God bless you. Take care. We love you. We love you.